lot to cover. So here we go. So today's daf is daf Zion, page seven in Meseches Ksubis. And we are going to go back to the bottom of Vav Amud Beis to Masiv Reb Ami. Two lines from the bottom of Vav Amud Beis. And what we're going to finally come to, an, to a conclusion in today is, are you allowed to have the initial act of intercourse take place on Shabbos? Is it going to be permitted or not? All right? So we're now going through the, um, we're going through the sugya where, according to the opinion, that you are not allowed to have the initial act of bia on Shabbos, we're going to challenge that. Masiv Rabami, Rabami asked a challenging question. Mapis Morsib Shabbos. We did this yesterday. So here we go. A person who pops his pimple. That's how we're going to translate this. Pops his pimple on Shabbos. Okay. So uh, it really is referring to more of a blister type of thing, but okay. If the reason why you pop the pimple is because you want to make an opening, you're going to be chayv. Interestingly, why? Says Rashi, because of baina. It's a gold sigya, whether you can have baina on a human body, right? Whether it's a problem of building. But you're creating, you're creating an opening. So if your intent is to create an opening, um, so then you're going to be chayv on Shabbos. However, if your whole intent is to remove the fluid, the liquid inside of it, we'll call pus, you have pus, you know, in that pimple, and you just want to remove the pimple. You don't care whether or not there's an opening. Your, your mindset is to get that fluid out. The halacha is putter. Now, usually putter means putter abolosser. You're not obligated, but it's still forbidden. Interestingly, Rashi over here says, v'kaimalan putter umutter lechatchila. Okay? Rashi says, it's actually going to be completely permitted. Now, here's the Gemara's question. Ready? If you're allowed to pop open a pimple to remove the pus, why would it be forbidden to break the hymen to remove the dambasulim? My das, my mindset is just to do what? To create an opening? No, that's not my mindset. My mindset is to be with the, the, the guy's mindset is to be together with his wife. So if it's not his das, it should be mutter. What's the reason for the opinion? Who says the initial act of be should be usher? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you, you have no proof from the case of pimple popping. You know why? Because here we go. Hasa, I'm over there. <laughs> it just feels good to say that. Hasa, I'm over there. Pucket ve'akir. Over there, here's how it works. The pus inside, inside the pimple is completely separate. All right? It's, it's like it's on its own. It just happens to be collected and gathered there. Hacha, pucket ve'akir. This is fascinating. Lumbus, the Gemara is shifting to and saying like this. Even if you're going to tell me that the blood of Besulim, the Dam Besulim, is not a wound situation, right? It's not Chiburi Mechbar. Rather, it's just collected. Still, everybody's in agreement. There is an element of the Dam being within the body as well. And therefore, even according to the ones who say that to open up the, the pimple... To take it out is going is uh, when we were kids. If you had a, got a pimple in the wrong spot, yeah, whether it's like the middle of your nose, or whatever, it was called a pimple. It was called a, for some reason we called it a pimple. It's in the wrong spot. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, so over there, everybody agrees it's separate and collected. But over here, even if you hold that it's mifkat pocket, still there's everybody's going to agree there's an element of connectiveness to the body, and it may ve- it may very well still be forbidden. Hence, we don't have a challenging question. Okay, let's get into this. 
Ravami said, You're allowed to have the initial act of intercourse on Shabbos. Says, oh, Says the Rabbanan, one second. You're not allowed to have relations without a ksuba. Right? The ksuba is there to protect the woman. And therefore, if the ksuba is not written at the time that they're that uh, they're together, it should be forbidden to be together, nothing to do with Hilcha Shabbos, with Hilcha Shuba. So, Amar Lehu, at Fesua Metaltolin. No, you can, have, even if you, you, let's say it's Shabbos, so you can't write her a Ksuba, yeah? You know what you could still do? You could give her over Metaltolin. This is, this is a, a, a fascinating uh, halacha, which may very well be used practically. Listen to this fascinating situation. A couple is not allowed to have relations if the wife is not aware of where her ksuba is. Now, she doesn't have to know, you know, every line, but she needs to have access to it, okay? What happens if you have a couple that's together and for whatever reason, they just moved, they can't find the ksuba now. It's gone. Is it forbidden for them to be together? It's 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night, 1 o'clock in the morning, Yeah? They don't know what to do. They have nobody to ask a shayla to. Is it forbidden to be together? So the halacha is yes, unless. Here's a way around it. You ready? If the husband does something for the wife that can offer her the same protection, then they're allowed to be together. So let's say a ksuba is valued at 200 zuz is what people used to live off of for a year. A single person. Okay? So... $50,000 will we'll give, you know, maybe 20000 less, 20000 more, whatever. Okay, if the husband writes a check to his wife or writes an IOU or perhaps even if they already have a joint bank account with a lot of money in there that she has complete access to, that may very well have the ability to function as her ksuba and they're allowed to be together till ksuba is written. Okay? There are paiskim who say you could actually, uh, you can actually rely on that. That's a little bit of a, a way to get around it. So that's really what uh, Rav Ami is saying back. They said to Rav Ami, one second, what if there's no ksuba? He says, there's other ways to figure it out where you can have your bia, even if you don't actually have a ksuba. He can give her some metaltalin. Let's say he's got uh, 20 bottles of scotch valued at $1,000 each or $2,000 each. So tell her she could have it, you know. And Shalom al Yisro. Rav Zvid, Rav Zvid allowed the initial act of intercourse to happen on Shabbos. That Rav Zvid himself, um, when he got married to a Besula, uh, actually had the Biri Shaina on Shabbos. Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says that it was Mutter to have relations for the first time on Yom Tif. It doesn't mean that on Yom Tif it's allowed, on Shabbos it's not allowed. Rather, And the luck really is that even on Shabbos, Rabbi Yehuda would agree, you're allowed to have the B'ari Shona, the first act of intercourse. So why do you say Yom Tif? It's because Umaisa Shohaya Kachaya. A story came to him where a couple was to be together for the first time on Yom Tif, and he told them it was allowed. But it doesn't mean to the exclusion on, of Shabbos. Rav Papa Mishmed the Rav Omar, B'Yom Tif Shari B'Shabbos also, he says actually a discrepancy between Yom Tif and Shabbos. He says to, to uh, have the Bia Rishayna on Yom Tif is going to be allowed, 
And on Shabbos, it's not going to be allowed. Now, this is going to be a fascinating shayla. Because if something is a malacha, if something is a forbidden act on Shabbos, it's a forbidden act on Yom Tif too. What's the exception? What's the exception? Good. Something that's Eichel Nefesh or Dover Hashoveh Bechol Nefesh. So something that's equal and is equally needed amongst regular members of society. So such a thing would, would uh, be permitted on Yom Tif, even though it may very well be forbidden on Shabbos. So for a Papa to quote Rava, <clears throat> to have the opinion that on Yom Tif, you're allowed to have the Bia Rishayna, but on Shabbos you can't, we now need to prove that even though on Shabbos we may consider this a Malacha of Bona, or whatever Malacha we're going to call it, a Chabura, let's say, even if you're going to call it a wound, why on Yom Tif would it be allowed? So here we go. Amalei Rav Papi, Lerav, huh? Good. So Rabbi Ravinsky's asking is Tashmish is relations with one's spouse, something that's Dabar Hashava Bukhal Nafesh, something that's necessary for every person, and that's what the Gemara is about to explain. Umlir of Papi Lira Papa, Papi says Rapapa, my daitech. What's your reason why you say on Yom Tif it's allowed on Shabbos? It's not allowed to be tzayrich. Is it because you're saying you're allowed to make a room a wound for a tzayrich? Then you could also do it even when it's uh, when it's not a tzayrich, when it's not completely uh, needed. If if a person wants to burn nice smelling things on Yom Tif, According to what you're saying, we should allow people to burn their nice-smelling things on Yom Tiv Because once it's mutter to do when you have a tzarech, so it should be mutter whether or not you have a tzarech. Meaning, if you're going to allow something that's not a tzarech because of something that is a tzarech, all of a sudden you're allowing so many things. So he says back to him, no, about you, meaning about your question, the Pasuk already says, Anything that is going to be eaten by anybody, that, that type of malacha could be done for you. Something that is a davar, any, any act that is that is needed for everybody. Now, what about burning nice smelling things? Does everybody need to burn nice smelling things on Yom Tif? No. Rashi explains here, why would people primarily burn nice smelling things? That was their, that was their uh, perfume. Okay, that's what they would use to make themselves smell good. Not everybody's into perfume and cologne. And it's not, it's not a, you know, it's not a Dabra Shavah Nefesh. And therefore, it's going to be forbidden. Hence, you have no question. But now, if let's say a person has a deer in their backyard on Yontif, what is deer meat called? Venison? Venison. So a person has a deer in his backyard on Yontif. Are you allowed to shech the deer on Yontif to eat? Yeah. Right? Because you're, you're allowed to prepare for a Shabbat. A guy has a deer in his backyard on Yontif. Do most people eat venison on Yontif? No. I don't know if I've ever tasted venison in my life. We should say, you're not allowed to slaughter a deer on Yom Tif because most people uh, can't afford it. To which Amar Lehi responds, no. Just because people don't eat venison doesn't mean they don't eat meat. Meaning, don't be so nitpicky. Yeah. Once you could shecht a cow and a sheep and a, you know, a lamb, whatever, you could shecht a deer too. 
It's not the type of meat that permits you to do it. It's the category. And once it's permitted as a category, that's, and the, the category of meat is needed for everybody on Yom Tif. Amar Rabbi Yaakov Aridi, Haira Rabbi Echanon, B'Tzaydon, Osir Livo B'Tchilu V'Shabbos, Rabbi Echanon Paskin, in the city of Tzaydon, you're not allowed to have the initial act of Bia on Shabbos. Says the Gemara about this, this uh, expression. Look at this expression. Hora Rabbi Yechanan. What does Hora mean? Hora means he gave a psak. He gave a definitive ruling. Now, I want to pause before we get to the question on this word and explain something that we've come across previously, but let's, let's get into this. Do you need a real psak to be strict? No, you don't need a real psak to be strict. You know why? Anybody, some things are forbidden, so it's forbidden. Some things are forbidden because we just don't know. Doesn't mean it's really forbidden. To be machmir, to be strict, does that show the word hora? Hora, I'm giving a definitive, clear ruling. I figured this out to the nth degree. No, when you're being strict, you don't need to figure them. To be lenient, you figured it out. Because better safe than sorry, if you don't know your beans. That's what we call, in, in, as a general term, koach dehetera adif. The power of being lenient is stronger than the power of being strict. Because to be lenient, you have to know your stuff. To be strict, if you don't know, you be, you're strict. So Rabbi Yochanan says, Hora, Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan gave a hora, a real ruling, like a mamash, a knackadika ruling. You know what it was? You can't have Bia for the first time on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, Umi ika iser. You need such a strong psak to tell me you can't do something? You can't do a lot of things, even without it. Like, it's the wrong word to use. So the Gemara says wrong. You can use the word hayra'a even when you're being strict in, yes, and I'll prove it to you. Vatanan, because we learned in the Mishnah. Hayrua, look at that same word. Hayrua, Beisol she nizira ayd shevashanim achiris. Beisol gave a ruling for a woman to become a nizira for an additional seven years. Now this is a chumradika ruling. Let's explain. Rashi tells us the story of Hilani Amalka. Okay, Hilani Amalka, her son was in danger. He was in battle, and she took a vow that if he returns safe, she's going to become a nizira, a female nazir. For seven years. Okay. Now, he came back alive. She did that for seven years. She became an Azira. Then she went up to Eretz Yisrael. And Beis Hillel ruled she has to do an additional years, additional seven years in Eretz Yisrael. Be it as it may. That is a strict ruling. And the, we still used an expression of Hairua. Or I can show you another Bryson where you use the, we, we use the word Hora to be strict. Let's say you have the spinal cord that's, that most of it is broken. Uh, these are the words of Rebbe. Now, uh, we're not quoting the entire thing. The halacha is, it's treif. Okay? It's not considered a kosher animal. Even if it has a hole, Rebbe paskin strict like Rebbe Yaakov. So again, you see the word hayra when you're being strict. Amravuna, ain't Allah Rabbi Yaakov. You show Allah is not like Rabbi Yaakov. 
He said it's going to be Usr. Says the Gemara, let me teach you something. Bottom line, bottom, bottom line, to end off this sugya. And what is the bottom line of Can a couple be together for the first time on a Friday night? Mutter livo betchila b'shabes. It is permitted to be together for the first time on Shabbos. Period. End of the Gemara. That is the halacha l'maisa. Okay. Two dots. Now, we can take a step back and shift into a new beautiful sugya. New beautiful sugya. There, there's no specific reason. All right. Now, next sugya. Beautiful. You know what we're going to talk about now? Sheva brachas. Sheva brachas. The brachas you make at Sheva brachas. And also, when you make Sheva brachas. What if it's a second marriage for him and for her? What if it's a second marriage for him and not for her? Second marriage for her and not for him. First marriage for both. Interesting sugi, okay? So we're going to get into the uh, blessings of Sheva brachas as well as when we have Sheva brachas. So here we go. Amrav Chalbay, Amrav Huna, Amar Rav Abba Barzavda, Amar Rav. Rav Chalbay says name Rav Huna, quoting Rav Barzavda, quoted Rav. Achas Basula, Achas Almona, Teuna Brachas. Whether you marry a Basula or whether you're marrying a woman who's on her second marriage, the halacha is there is Sheva Brachas. That is Rav's opinion. Okay. Now, Sheva Brachas, what does Sheva Brachas mean? Translate it. Seven. Blessings. Now, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Rabbi Rabinsky says seven blessings for seven days. That's what he says. What does Sheva Brachas mean? Seven blessings. So, what it says, Tuuna um, Bracha, what we need to figure out, we're going to assume it means seven Brachas for seven days, okay? That's what we're going to assume for now. However, Really, all Tuna Bracha means is at the Chuppah itself, when you get married, you recite Sheva Brachas. Whether the woman is on her first marriage or second marriage, Tuna Bracha. We need the Brachas. That's really all we're saying right now. Says the Gemara, Miyama Ravuna Haki. Did Ravuna say that there's Sheva Brachas? Vam Ravuna Ravuna says, Amana Eina Tuna Bracha. A woman under second marriage does not need Sheva Brachas. Says Gemara, like Kasha, Kamba Bachashasa, Amana Kamba Amashasa, Amani Hiddis. It's a difference whether the husband's on his first marriage. If you have a first marriage guy to a second marriage woman, then you have Sheva Brachas. Under the Chuppah, at least. However, if you have second marriage guy to second marriage woman, then that's where we say, that's where Avuna says there's no Sheva Brachas. Even under the Chuppah? Correct. Okay. He says, is it true that when you have both husband and wife, both Chosin and Kala, under the chuppah, there's no Sheva Brachas. From Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, Amr Lihuna Bar Nosen. Huna Bar Nosen said, Tana, the Brisa taught us, Minayi, the Brachas Chasadim Basara. How do we know that Sheva Brachas, the seven blessings, need to be in the presence of a minion? Shinamar Vigach Asara, Noshim Yiziknei Ayir. This dawn about when Bayaz and Ruz got together, and Ruz got together. He took seven elders from the city. We said, sit here. And they sat down. They joined in for the Suda. For the Chuppah, both Bayaz and Rose were on their second marriage. You see from here, you see from here that you have Sheva Brachas, you have Sheva Brachas 
both uh, um, even when both Chassan and Kala are on their second marriages. Okay. Says the Gemara. My Einatuna Bracha Dom Ravuna. What does Ravuna mean when there's no Bracha by a second marriage for both? Einatuna Bracha Kol Shiva Avoyim Echad Tuna Bracha. It just means there's no seven days of Sheva Brachas. But one day of Sheva Brachas, he'll agree, under the Chuppah. If a second marriage guy marries a second marriage woman, under the Chuppah, there absolutely is Sheva Brachas. Now, I don't want to move on because something's irking Rabbi Ravinsky here. I want you to ask. What's your question? By Bayaz and Rus. Rus wasn't Jewish. Oh, very good. Rabbi Ravinsky is asking Rus wasn't Jewish originally. That's the radon. That's the radon. That's the Elon radon. This is. Okay. What did it kind of hear? Huh? The question, the, the burning question over here is that we're, Boaz, we know, was on his second marriage. Rus wasn't Jewish when she married Machlon. And still the Gemara is referring to her as being on her second marriage. Okay? So... the. Okay, but uh, but that this is her first marriage as a Jewish woman. Doesn't mean they have to be Jewish when she got married the first time. Okay, okay, so good. That's that's part of the approach that they want to answer to this question. But this is it's a big raid. This is big raid on this uh, on this Gemara. Does it mean a widow, meaning she was mamish totally married, or does it mean she was you know a she was with Megayer together and they get remarried? Good. Good. Right. That would be another example. Very good. All right. But be it as it may, this Gemara is obviously considering Rus to be on her second marriage. Okay. So it says the Gemara like this. What do we just answer? Even if Hassan and Kal are on their second marriage for both, there's Sheva Brachas under the Chuppah Vizehu. Says the Gemara, one second. Is it true that when the Hassan and on the second marriage, one day is Sheva Brachas? We're concerned about our heiligate Jewish women when they get married. That even if she's on her second marriage, her husband stays with her for three days. Remember, we didn't want him going off to work the next morning. Says the Gemara B'mai. When are we concerned that they need to be together for three days? If he, if he was a single guy. Marrying a previously married woman, Ha'amrit Shiva. You told me that there's seven days of Sheva Brachis. Iba Almain, and if he's an Almain marrying Almana, meaning they're both on their second marriage, Ha'amrit Yaimechot. You told me now that there's one day where they're together. So give me a situation, says the Gemara, where there's going to be three days of Shaktu, where we're concerned they're together for three days. Answer the Gemara, Iba Yaseim Aba Almain. Either you could say, that by by an almain yom echad lebracha ushleishu lesimcha. Fascinating. Ready? One day of sheva brachas, but two additional days where he has to stay with her, to be misameach with her. But you don't need actual sheva brachas. You're just not you're not allowed to leave to work. All right? Vibay yaseima, or um, or you could say bebachor. We're dealing with a guy who's never been married before. Shiva lebracha, ushleisha lesimcha. You're going to have seven days of bracha, meaning you're going to actually going to have seven days of brachas, and three days of simcha. 
top of Zayin Amabeis Meisvei. That's a challenging question. Bevarchen lebsula shivam. When a besula, a woman who's never been married before, so we make sheva brachas for seven days. Ulamana yaimechad. Remember, translate sheva brachas. Seven blessings. Okay, so we're, we're being specific with this. Seven blessings for seven days. Ulamana yaimechad. When you're getting together for an almana, there's one day of Shevrachas. My love, Afilo Almana Shishabachar. It says a pretty in a pretty broad statement, if a widow gets married, how many days of Shevabrachas are there? One. Did it make a discrepancy whether her husband is on his first marriage or not? No. no. So ask the Gemara, you see, no matter what, when you marry a Basula, when you marry a Almana, there's automatically one day of Sheva Brachas. And this is challenging our uh, view by Yusema. Says Gemara Lai, La'almain. The only time there's one day is when she's an Almana and he's an Almain. Avalabachramai. What would be the Allah if an Almana marries a single guy? A guy he's never married before. He marries a widow. They're standing under the Chuppah. They have Sheva Brachas. Under the Chuppah. Now what? What goes on? Says the Gemara, Shiva. Are they now going to have Sheva Brach, seven days of Sheva Brachas because of the Chassan? Yachi, if that's true, listen, we should have said, Mavarchen le Besula Shiva. A Besula gets seven days. Ula Amana Shisis le Bachar Shiva. Say that. And also, by the way, a Besula gets seven days and a, a guy who's never been married before also gets seven days. Did we give a, a did, did we even focus at all on the on the guy? No. If it's important that he also gets a Sheva Brachas because of him, we should have mentioned that. But let's say you have a case of an Almain and an Almana, then you got one day. Why didn't we say that? Something that is clear cut. Katani. We used it as a statement. And everything else we're not mentioning. Basically what the Gemara is saying is like this. It says, A basula gets, gets seven days. Is there any time where that statement is not true? No. It's automatic. A has a minimum of one day. Is there any time where that's not going to be true? No. So we're saying things that are absolute that there's no exceptions to. And the other cases where it depends, our Mishnah didn't want to get involved in. But here's, here's what we're walking away with. Just because the Mishnah didn't say it, it doesn't mean to the exclusion of. We just didn't talk about situations where it's not absolute. Okay. Period. Gufa. A piece of a previously quoted statement. Oh my Reb Nachman, the Halakha Reb Nachman says, "Amarli Huna Bar Nosin, Huna Bar Nosin taught me ton of the brisa, minayin the brachas gadam b'zara." How do we know that in order to make sheva brachas, you need a minion of ten men? Shenamar vayikach chasara noshim mizikne ha'ir vayemer shavu poi vayoshu. Yeah, what happened? Bayaz and Rus, he took got ten men in order to make sheva brachas. Now we're going to go on to a fascinating, i got it to listen to this puzzle. Let's translate this. 
b'makhalais in the kahal in the congregation. Baruchu eleikim, they bless Hashem. Mimkar from the source Yisrael of Yisrael. Now, Mekar is the source. Mekar is also referring to the uterus. Right? Dam that comes from the Mekar is, is Dam Tumma. Okay? Fine. So, when, when are you called the congregation? It says, Bimak Halois, from the Kahal, Barchu Elikim. You bless Hashem. When you call the congregation, when you have a minion. Yeah? When you have a minion. At the good old Jewish joke, there's two Gentiles outside of a shul. And one of them says, you know, I wonder how many Jews come here. And the other one says, 999,999. says, how do you know? He says, before the guy came over to me, he said, can you help us out? We're one short for a million. All right. There you go. All right. So, Jewish joke. Jewish joke. All right. So, so you're only called the congregation if you have a million. Yeah, you have a minion. You have a minion, you have ten people. So you see that to bless Hashem, you need, you need ten people. V'Rab Nachman, Rab Nachman says, What is he darshan, the Pasuk Rabbi Avo? He, used, he learned out from Boaz. What is he going to do with the second Pasuk? Listen to this, Heilig Gemara. Says the Gemara. He used it for the following teaching. When Klau Yisrael was going over the Yamsuf, going through the Yamsuf, and we come out on the other side and we look back, we see the Mitzrim, the waters, Oz Yashir You know who's saying? Every single members of Klai Yisrael, even the ones inside their mother's uterus. Shenemar, b'makhalais, barchu eleikim, Hashem, mimikar Yisrael, from the wombs, from the uterus of Yisrael. So you see, even the children inside their lips saying the praises of the Yamsuf. Mamish incredible. Okay. Now, why is this Mamish incredible? Why is Mamish incredible? Say, okay, what, you think it was a miracle? It's not a miracle. Okay? Now, I should say it's not a miracle. Of course it's a miracle. Everything's a miracle. But it's letting us know. It's pro-life, right? Huh? It's a pro-life. Pro-life, yeah. But uh, it's letting us know. Everything in creation knows the Rebbe It takes effort to not know the Rebbe From our very Makar... From our very source, our essence, it's what in Yiddish sometimes is referred to as a pintle yid, or a spark. What is, what's a pintle yid? That can always be the spark of a Jew, that can always be ignited. Right? We've heard this expression. You know why there's an automatic spark? You can't put out a spark of a Jew because from our very makar, from our very source, we're singing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Things get in our way. There's the Yitzharas and there's stupidities that are out there in the world. But Mimkar Yisrael, from our, each and every one of us, from our very source, our, our essence, sings out HaKadosh Baruch Hu's praise. This is not unique to what took place at the Yamsuf. This is something that takes place within each and every, uh, each and every one of us, every single moment. The Idach, what about the other opinion, who uses this Pasuk to teach me, you need a, you need a, a minion. It could have said, from the stomach. 
Why does it say memkar? My memkar? Al iske makar. Al iske makar means things that have to do with the makar. Things that have to do, things that uh, pertain to the womb. Now, what does this have to do to, uh, what does it have to do with the womb? So, um, since Nisuin, which is what we're making the brachas on, are blessings allowing the couple, uh, giving them blessings to have future doros, to have future generations, so it's concerning the womb that we make the brachas, but it doesn't mean the children in the womb. All right, so that, that's how he's gonna. That's how he's gonna darshan the pasuk. For Rabbi Avo, what does Rabbi Avo say? He says, "Bahai krok, Rabbi Nachum, my What is it? Okay, so now let's go the other way. Classic, classic uh, tennis match. Yeah, send the ball back and forth over here. Send the pesukim back and forth. So Rabbi Avo, who darshans, you need a minion at Sheva Brachis from um, from the Makar Yisrael. So what does he do with Bayez's Pasuk? Homi Bayle the Medrash. He needs it for the following Joshua. Amaini Vilay Aminas, my Avi, Vilay, my Avis. If you're going to tell me that this Pasuk is referring to Shabrachas, Laisagya Delav Zakanim. Why did it say that you need elders? So listen to Rabbi Avo says incredible. The Pasuk says, Bayaz got Rus. Bayaz, he, he was with Rus, and he got ten elders, and he said, Come sit here. Says Rabbi Avo, you know why he said come sit here? Not to make Sheva Brachas. But to create a psak that he was allowed to marry Rus. Because she was a Mayavis and not from Mayavi. And he didn't want her. He had, a, he had a personal involvement over here. He's not going to send out this ruling on his own. So he got the Zakanim. Otherwise, says Rabbi Avo, if you need Sheva Brachas, you could get any yukul who's 14 years old and sit them down and say, please say one of the blessings of Sheva Brachas. Why does it say What is Zakanim? What does elders have to do with anything? Must be that we're Tamidacham coming to create a Psaq Halacha, and it's not, it's, it has nothing to do with Sheva Brachas. The Idach. Huh? Makes sense. I always thought it was yeah. That's right. Ve'idach. And what about Reb Nachman? He saw the Medrash. If it was there to create the drasha, why do you need? Why do you need ten? Why ten? Create a bezdin that's smaller. Says Gemara. No, 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 no. You can't have less than ten for such a thing. In no, you can't have less. You can't have a bezdin of three, for example. The Pursume Melsa, because as we learned in Yavamas, if you ever want the word to get out, you need 10 people to spread the word. Like Rav Chana, like Shmuel told Rav Chana from Baghdad. Come, let's get 10 men. And I'll tell you in front of these 10 men. I want you to know that if, let's say, somebody wants to hand over ownership to a fetus inside of a mother, he can appoint a shliach, a messenger, on behalf of the fetus, and the, and the, the messenger can acquire it as zachin la'adam shalai b'fanav, as, a, as a, uh, something that's gaining for the uber, even though the uber is not here. The bottom line is that one who tries to, to take ownership for a fetus does not acquire for it. But be it as it may, what the Gemara is walking away with is there's no question over here because 10 would be necessary whenever you want to have a ruling of a Bezdin that's publicized, you see minimum of 10. Okay, period, we're done. Bottom line, what are we walking away with? Geshmaka Machlekes, fascinating Machlekes, as to the source of having 10 men at Sheva is it from Bayaz? 
Is it from? Uh, is it from Bemakalai's Barchu Alakim Hashem Mimkar Yisro? Okay, that you need a kahal. Either way, we went through the sugya. We know why each one thinks that their pasuk's a better proof. We have two proofs, two psukim, showing us you need a, you need a minimum of ten people in order to make these brachos. Okay, okay. Now we're going to shift into how sheva brachos work. All right, how sheva brachos work. All right. So now next time we come to Shavrachas, we're going to be finished as we go through the sugya. We're going to, you know, we'll be able to help everybody. The most confused, what's the most confusing thing at the Shavrachas that we're not going to talk about? <laughs> you ever see people pouring and mixing those three cups at the end? What are you doing? What's happening? chef <laughs> they're doing this and that. All right. Besides that, everybody's got it all figured out. All of a sudden, by the grape juice and the wine at the end, everybody's like, what happening? Alright. We say Sheva Brachas in the house of the Chassan. Okay? Meaning, wherever the, the Chassan and Kala are based. Okay? That's where it's based. It doesn't have to necessarily mean inside uh, that, that, that house. Now, we're talking about the initial Sheva Brachas. So over here, the way it works is, for us nowadays, at a wedding, the chassin officially owns the chuppah. Therefore, the kala, that's why people have a custom, as the kala comes to the chassin, he takes a few steps forward and walks back into the chuppah with her to bring her into his base chassanim. Bring her into his home, and now they have the Sheva Brachas under his roof. Okay? Rabbi Yehuda Amar, Af Bevesa Erisin, Mevarchen Isa. Even, um, you can even make, uh, make the Sheva Brachas in a house of Erisin, which is before, you know, it took place before the Nesuin. Now, nowadays, we have everything together. We do Erisin and at the same time for us, Ashkenazim in, uh, in Chutzlar, it's outside Eretz Yisrael. But Amr Abay Abay says, Ubi Yehuda Shonu Ima. In Yehuda is the only time you're allowed to have Shevardbrachas in base Erison because that's where the, the Chassan and Kala actually were Miyachid together after the Erison. And there's. Uh, and, and, huh? Before the Nisun. Yeah. So therefore, that's already called his house. And you could have Shevardbrachas in there. That actually, you know, again, we do Erison and Nesuin together. First, the Masada Kedushin, the officiating person, goes up and he says the bracha of of Al Haroyais, right? You make the bracha on the Kedushin, step one of marriage, and then we have the Kriyas Ksuba, they read the Ksuba, then they have the Shav Bracha. So we do that all together. But, um, the Brisa says that when it was separated, so they would have the Birchas Erison in the house of Erison, where it was, and then Birchas Nesuin would happen under the Chuppah. Birchas Erison, my Mavarech. What is the Bracha of Erison? All right? When you actually place the ring on her finger and acquire her, what is the expression of the Bracha? What Bracha do we say? Says the Gemara. Ravin, Ravin, the son of Ravada, and his brother, Rabba. The son of Ravada. Both quote the Heiliger of Yehuda who says the bracha works as follows. Baruch 
Right? He forbade us, and some relations are forbidden. He also said that our Arusa is forbidden to us. Right? The Chachamim, we're saying it's a decree. The Chachamim say you're not allowed to be miyached outside of the area of Yehuda with your Arusa until Chuppah. But also Allah the Hitir Lanu, and who is permitted for us to have to be together with in Yichud? As Hanesuais, once we have Nesuin, Aide Chuppah Bikidushin, okay? And Bar. Is that Nesuas Lanu? Yeah, okay. Aide, whoever's Nesuah to us. How does the bracha end? Okay, so now look at look at what just happened. These two brothers quoted Rav Yehuda to say the bracha that that the blessing starts off with Baruch Ato Hashem and then it ends with Rav Acha says you also end with a bracha. He says, no, you, at the end also, you say, Baruch Hashem, you say Baruch Hashem in the beginning, and you say Baruch Hashem at the end. Right? Now, we know from Masechah's brachas, there's different types of blessings. Some blessings start and end with a bracha. For example, the very first bracha of Shemona Esrei. Baruch Hashem, Lekeinu v'lekei Aviseinu, Lekei Avram, Lekei Yisrael. And how does it end? Baruch Hashem, Magin Avram. What's the second blessing? Ata Gibor. There's no Baruch Hashem. It ends with Baruch Hashem Mechaim Mason. Okay? So the first opinion here is we start out with a bracha. The second opinion says you also end with a bracha. Man Chasim. The opinion who says that there's no Baruch Hashem at the end. Why? Midi Dahavi Abrichas Peres Abrichas Mitzvahs. He says because it's going to be similar, the bracha of Erison is similar to making a blessing on food. Something that you benefit from. And like a mitzvah, when you do, when you make a bracha on a sukkah, how does it go? Baruch Atah Hashem, Lekinu Melech Ha'ilam, Leishet Basukkah. Right? Make a bracha on food. Baruch Atah Hashem, Lekinu Melech Ha'ilam, Amaiti Lechem in Arts. That's it. There's no Baruch Atah Hashem at the end. So he says... It's, a, it's like a, a regular bracha on a mitzvah or a regular bracha on something that I'm uh, taking pleasure in. Uman Dechasim and Rav Acha, who says that you end off with a bracha, he says, He says, no. He says, because since what Erison is doing is separating her from the rest of the world, which is what Kedusha is, Kedusha, we translate it as holiness, but the root of the word Kadosh means separated. What happens when you make Kiddush on Friday night? Whenever you're sanctifying something, you start out with a blessing and you end with a blessing. For Shabbos, right? Baruch Hashem Asher And we go into Shabbos, then we end Baruch Hashem Mekadesh HaShabbos. So whenever you're sanctifying something and separating something, we're not viewing it like a pleasurable mitzvah. We're viewing it like a, a, a bracha of Kedusha. Beautiful. Okay. Says the Gemara Viter. Tanu Rabbanon. The rabbis learned and so should we. Oh, that's why they're called rabbis. And that's why they're rabbis. We make bracha with ten people. Kol Shiva for seven days. 
All seven days you need the minion. Ah, as long as you have panim chadashais, as far as long as you have people at the shavu brachas that have never previously been at a shavu brachas, if they were previously at the shavu brachas, then you don't make a shavu brachas. Okay. Now, there's opinions who hold. By the way, Shabbos is automatic panim chadashas. All right. So on Shabbos, it's automatically going to be. Upon Hadashis, says Gwara Mai Mavarich, what bracha do you make? And we'll end with this. Amar of Yehuda, Barakata Hashem Lakin Malachilam, Shakao Baralakvaidai. Yeah? Shakao Brahvari, everything is made for the covet of the Rubin Shalom. We'll pick up from Tanrabana tomorrow, Mirtashem. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Okay. Here we go.